الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين استفى ما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لعلكم تتقون ايام معدودات سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم it comes in a day that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to increase certain things in this month of Ramadan. Sayyidatana Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha ummul mu'mineen narrates that the first of these things is that the Prophet used to increase in his sadaqah, that he used to spend more in voluntary charity in this month than he ever spent otherwise. Now we should remember that the Prophet as you would remember, I've told you several times, they used to eat very frugally. So you can imagine that the Prophet ﷺ was not somebody who had surplus wealth, that he would be giving abundance and charity. Therefore, the students should not in any way feel that we're an exception, student who, right? That even if you're a student, you can still, right, give money because you have money. You have money. We spend 300 rupees on a jazz card. You spend 50 rupees on a sheikh. All of that could be sadaqah. Sadaqah doesn't have to be a large amount. Even 20 rupees, 50 rupees, 80 rupees, all of this can be sadaqah. And it's a very good habit to get into in this month of Ramadan. That a person should regularly, secretly, sometimes openly, both ways are mentioned in the Qur'an al-Kareem, to give sadaqah. The normal preferred way is to give secretly such that as Allah subhanahu mentions that their right hands give such that their left hand doesn't even know. That's how secretly they give. What does that mean? That they don't even notice it themselves. So you don't feel takabbar. A person doesn't feel like I'm a philanthropist, I should have my name on some building. No, 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 not like that. That you give in such a way that nobody knows. There's one case in which it's better to give openly. And that is that if you feel by giving openly, right, somebody might benefit from that, somebody might see that and might themselves be encouraged to donate, right? So the notion of then giving sadaq openly is for dawah. To invite somebody else to this amal of sadaqah, somebody might think, that, well, if he can donate, why can't I donate? I can do the jamaat, maybe yay, usul that otherwise you should not actually stand up and announce how much time you want to spend on the path of Allah. And people should be careful exactly the same way. We should not think in any way that we have any sort of reality or any hakikat. The only niyat in standing up and doing it is if a person is sure that they can be pure enough that they're doing it for the sake that perhaps some other student or some other person in the masjid might think that well if he can go, I can go too. He's no different than me. If he can manage to take some time out, so can I. If a person cannot purify their niyat to that extent, then they should not get up but they should silently inform the person in some other way until and unless they are able to reach that purity of intention. Right? So the Prophet used to increase in his giving of sadaqah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also made something called Sadaqatul Fitr that is mandatory to give prior to the start of the Eid Salah. Right? Normally people give it on Eid day, but you can give it before then. You can give it before then. Right? So there's a nisbat with Sadaqah and obviously the connection is clear because we're eating less in the month of Ramadan. You're meant to feel more compassion and you're not just meant to feel compassion for compassion's sake but to do something about it and that means giving sadaqah to Rasulullah it's a sunnah so you can also make the niyyah that Allah subhanahu just as I'm reviving this sunnah in my life of giving sadaqah in the month of Ramadan through the nisbat and the barakat of Ramadan and the barakah of the sunnah giving sadaqah Allah ta'ala enable me to revive all of the sunnahs in my life right and this is a relatively easy sunnah to do amal upon in this month 
The second thing the Prophet used to do abundantly in this month was to make dua for admission into Jannah and for salvation from hellfire. Allahumma inni as'aluka jannata wa a'udhu bika minannar. Right, this is a simple one. Right, Allahumma jirni minannar. Many different duas in the hadith text. <coughs> Why is that? Well, obviously this is something we have to make year round. But another thing is that in addition to what we mentioned last night, that the shayateen are chained. Another thing that happens in this month of Ramadan is that the gates of Jahannam are closed. The gates of Jahannam are closed in this month. And the gates of Jannah are opened up. Not that anybody is going to pass through either one before the Day of Judgment, but it is a symbolic thing. It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this month a month again of salvation from Jahannam and a month of admission into Jannah. So because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done that, then the Prophet increased his du'as. Because there's a greater chance that our du'a for salvation from hell will be accepted in this month. When it's a month of greater mercy and a month when out of his mercy Allah does close the gates. And you can make du'a in that way. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just as you have closed the gates of Jahannam in this month of Ramadan, Yad al-Bikrim, I ask you to close the gates of Jahannam for me in my life and close the pathways that lead to those gates for me in my life. And just like Allah subhanahu you've opened up the abwa or the doors or gates of Jannah in this month of Ramadan, I ask you to keep them open for me and guide me and open to me those pathways that lead to those abwa of Jannah. So the second thing the Prophet used to do is increase in making dua for admission into Jannah and for salvation from hellfire. The third thing the Prophet used to increase was his ibadat, a'mal. The reason for this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet and he narrated it to us in hadith, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a reward for one farth for every single nafil act that is performed in this month and for every farth that is performed in this month Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the word of 70 farais and actually what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing when he's doing this and just to giving the ajr he's actually helping us he's trying to help us in our training like you go on a one month intensive workshop and people do things to facilitate your success in that workshop. They give you a good environment. They try to give you good food, good housing, good instruction, good seminars, good reading material. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing all of that for us in this month of Ramadan. Now by multiplying the reward, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just multiplying the ajr. He's also multiplying the athar. The athar means the effect that that amal has on you. So, inna salata tanha al-fasha'i wal munkar. That is a hakikat. But now when you pray one first salat, as if you prayed 70 first salat. So the ability of that one first salat is 70 times more powerful in keeping you from the fasha and the munka. Then when you prayed one nafil outside of Ramadan that had a certain ability to keep us away from evil. Now that, that now in the month of Ramadan, that nafil has the ability of, or is increased to the magnitude of a fard. So that means these 20 taraweeh records that you pray, although their shari hukum is sunnah mu'akkada. The thawam, the ajr, and the athar, and the effect they will have in our heart as if we pray 20 farayat, 20 rakats of farayat outside, outside the month of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. Right, so that means Allah Ta'ala is boosting the power that we get by magnifying the power of ibadat, Allah Ta'ala is boosting the effect ibadat have on us. All of this is again being, everything in Ramadan is being designed to subdue the nafs. Again, chaining the shayateen, putting us through the hunger, that enables us to subdue our nafs. Then the positive thing that helps us counter our nerves are good deeds. Many times some of us we lapse into sin because we don't have enough good deeds to prevent us from lapsing into them. So by multiplying the power of good deeds, Allah is furthering, increasing our ability to suppress and restrain our nerves.
So that is why in this month, a person should try to do as much ibadat as possible. And the way to do this is try to free yourself from every other consideration in this month. Obviously you're students so you have to study. Other than your study, there should be nothing else that you do. You should just take off from all social activities, social relations, sports. <laughs> right? There's lums that sports at Ramadan, emails are coming. No, 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 there's no way. No sports in Ramadan for the seeker. No time. <laughs> this is the month for me, I'm getting such an incredible rate. If somebody told you that I'll give you 70 times your daily wages, 70 times your monthly salary this month if you work overtime, you're going to go play cricket? Are you going to play cricket all night if I'm giving you 70 times? No way. So look at this is how we think about the dunya. So Allah SWT is saying, I will give you 70 times for every fard and I will convert your nawafin into faraiz. So this is the month of doing ibadah. You should view this as like your season. Different people who work, they have their season. You go to a farmer, right? We know some farmers, you go to them in March and their season, they're working day and night. Look at the GMR season. You go to a shop owner, Ramadan is their season in a different way. Especially the few nights before Eid, oh, they're up, all oh, the shops are open 24 hours, open the Why? It's their season. So you should think that this is my season, this is ibadat ka season, nekim ka season, amal ka season. I have to do maximum amount of amal in this month of Ramadan. I have to boost myself. Think of it like the way you study in a finals week, this is your finals week. If you're really lazy, children, think of it the way you study the night before the final exam. Or before a holiday, think of it the way you study in the morning of the final exam. <laughs> right? This is your season, this is the way you should treat Ramadan. And you see kids when it's finals week, they're in the zone. They're so busy studying for the final exams. That's how you should treat Ramadan. And again, it's incredible because you got this at the beginning of the term. So you can do it. You can actually do it this month. This week, you guys are totally free. This weekend, you're totally free. Maybe a few profs have given you a couple of readings or one or two assignments. You can knock it off like this. Right? Your weekends in Ramadan should be used maximally. Maximum amount of bala. Just everybody around you should know that Ya Rasul Ya Ramzan. They should know that about you. That they shouldn't come near you in Ramadan. That this guy has some craze that has come over him in Ramadan. He, you will either find him in the masjid or you will find him reading Quran in his room or praying salah or making dhikr or making istighfar or making dua or sitting in a gathering or studying ilm. He's gone this month. That's how we should behave in this month. Because it befits that Allah subhanahu wa has put so much barakah in this month, so much ajr and so much atharat in this month, then we should reciprocate, right? If you look at this, the asal of the rub of the relationship is that Allah Ta'ala is sending so much. And all the abd has to do is reciprocate. We don't have to initiate. Allah Ta'ala is initiating everything. His rahmat is coming on us, His risk is coming on us, His karam is coming on us, His puzzle is coming on us, His barakat is coming on us, He's initiated Ramadan, He's initiated all these things about Ramadan. All we have to do is accept it. All we have to do is absorb it. We just have to go along with the game plan. And if we reject it and we spurn it after all this, then Allah Ta'ala is left and forced to say, Ya ayyuhal insan ma ghalaka bi rabbikal kareem. Hello humanity, what is it, Bilafir, that has deceived you about your kind and generous Lord? What more can Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala have done to entice you? Why is it that you have yet to fall in love with Him? Why is it that you have yet to love worshipping Him? What more can Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala do? And walk in? There's nothing more. Allah subhanahu has what you say, He's gone to the intiha in his sifat in the way he treats us. The maximum fuzzle, maximum mercy, maximum barakah. 
we are the blessed ummah, right? We are the blessed people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so intent on us. If we became even one percent as intent on Allah as He is intent on us, you would become a wali overnight. We're not that sincere. We're not that serious. So this sincerity and seriousness can be built in this month of Ramadan. So the third thing the Prophet would increase in is ibadat. Anything. We'd move everything in fact. I'll even say everything. Everything you should do more this month. You should be more regular in jama'ah. You should pray your sunnahs more regularly. You should pray more namaqah. You should read more Quran. You should make more istighfar. You should make more durood salawat. Right? You should make more khidmat of the deen. You should study more ilm. You should make more zikr. You should make more dua. Anything and everything you can think of, you should do it. If you're a beginner, then at least try to do it. Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you've heard of things such as tahajjud, salatul tasbih, various things. I've heard that some, the Prophet said, if you read Surah Kaf on Friday till like, I said, Jummah, mere zindagi mein bhi ho. Ki mene Surah Kaf, Jummah ke din pad liya. I've heard that you should recite Surah Yaseen after Fajr. Koi mere bhi aise Fajr, jiske baad mein mene Surah Yaseen pad liya. Anything and everything that you've ever heard in your life, this is the month to do it. Right? This is the month to be a person of amal, a person of action. You will see, inshallah ta'ala, then you will see the effect of amal. Another thing is that year round, sometimes a person says, yeah, you know, sometimes I pray, sometimes I do, but I don't see any effect. Try it this month. Do it this month and you will see the effect. So if you want to only do ibadat, if it has an effect on you, but this is also the month to do ibadat and see the effect it has on you. And inshallah ta'ala, the effect it will have is that you will find that your heart increases in the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When your heart increases in your love for Allah, when your heart is more attached to Allah, then it becomes easy to work on the deen. It's very easy to obey your beloved. It's very easy to sacrifice things for your beloved. Our basic problem is that we are disconnected from Allah. We are distant from Allah. We don't have that fire, that emotion of love in our heart. Therefore, we don't have a desire. If you don't have love for Allah, what in the world is going to prompt you or make you want to come to the masjid more, want to make more dua, make you more ibadah? But the fast automatically connects you to Allah. You will find that you, everybody feels within three days, you feel closer to Allah. It's only been three days. Right now you feel so much closer to Allah than you did in the whole month of Shaban or anything before it. Because you're engaged in fasting. It's an ibadah. You're doing it for the sake of Allah. Right? And, and that is making you feel closer and closer. So again, you have to build on it. Always and always remember that the fast is not an end. It's a means. The fast is not the goal. It's a sabab. The purpose of feeling closer to Allah during the fast is that you do something about it. You act like you're closer to Allah. You worship Him more. So even the Prophet ﷺ, even though he had incredible zimadari of dawat on him, doesn't say anywhere in the that the Prophet increased his manat on the kufar. Ah, the Prophet ﷺ increased his ibadat. It doesn't mean he took it from his free time. He must have taken it from his work of nubuah because the Prophet ﷺ did not slack. He is not a person who wasted time. So if he increased his ibadat, that means that there's something about this month. Everything has its place, everything has its time. So this is the month to increase in our ibadah, to become a person of worship, a person of ibadah in this month. That is the sunnah of the Prophet And there is no superior way of understanding the deen, there is no superior way of establishing the deen, and there is no superior way of doing amal on the deen, except that of the sunnah way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Right? So spend more time on the musalla. That's what it boils down to. Have a taluk with the musalla. Don't be a stranger to your janamas. Right? This is also sunnah of the sahabah that they used to have spent a lot of time on the musalla. 
They were people of their musalla, asl. That was their asl home. For us the musalla is a random thing. Sometimes we sit on it, sometimes we stand on it. It's not the asl of our life. The asl of our life is if your student is your university, is your lab, is your RA room, is your classroom. Is the asl of your professor, is your office, is your research, is your teaching. No. The asl of a mu'min has to be his deen. Everything else is ghayre asli. Ghayre asli. The asl place of a person, he should feel when he enters the masjid that he's entered home. Right? That's what the Prophet said, the mu'min of the masjid kasamaka fil ma'i. That the mu'min in the masjid is like the fish in water. And me and you were like fish who spent 11 months out of the water. Right? So this is the month to return to the water. To return to the deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable all of us to increase in our sadaqah. To increase in our du'as generally and specifically in our du'as for Jannah and Jahannam. And to increase in our ibadat, in our amal saleh any and all kinds that they are, to increase them in their quantity, to increase them in their quality, to increase our effort in them, in doing them, in being regular in them, in being aware throughout them, and feeling Allah and remembering Allah during them. وَآخِرَ الدَّعْوَانَا أَنَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الْعَالَمِينَ سبحان الله العظيم الحمد لله وصلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك جنة ونعوذ بك من النار اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة الفلوس من غير حساب يا الله يا رب الكريم يا الله we ask you to forgive us for our sins Ya Allah, we too look at your mercies in this month of Ramadan. Ya Allah, we hope that we too may have a share in those mercies. Ya Allah, do not make us mahroom that at the end of this month, Ya Allah, so many people are forgiven. But Ya Allah, do our, our lack of worship, our lack of dedication, we become amongst those who fail to be forgiven even in this month. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to grant us our share of your mercy. Ya Allah, to shower a glance of your mercy our way, to cast a gaze of maghfirah and love towards our hearts. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to admit us to Jannah, admit us into your rada'ah, admit us into your pleasure, grant us your kubuliyah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, in this month of Ramadan, when the gates of Jannah are open, Ya Allah, we ask you to open the gates of our heart to the teachings of Jannah. Open up the gates of our heart to the a'mal that lead to Jannah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, when the gates of Jahannam are closed, Ya Allah, we ask you to keep them closed for us forever. Let them be closed for us in the day of judgment as well. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, close the doors of our heart to all those things that lead us to your displeasure. All those actions that may lead us to Jahannam. All those thoughts and feelings that lead to your wrath. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to give us a Jannati life. We ask you to give the life of Taqwa and Tahara. The Taqwa of Iman, Islam and Ihsan. The life of Ikhlas and Sit. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to forgive us for our sins. Ya Allah, we ask you to enable us to become more generous. Generous with our wealth, generous with our time, generous with each and every netman that you have given us. Let us share of these netmas for the betterment of our fellow mu'mins and for the betterment of our fellow insan. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask you to grant us feeling in our salah. We ask you to accept all of our salawat, accept our fast, accept our taraweeh, accept our Qur'an. Ya Allah, let our hearts submit to each and every one of these ibadat and let our hearts be irreparably, irretrievably, irreversibly changed after this month of Ramadan. Rabbana takabal minna innaka anta sameeun aleem wa tubu alayna innaka anta tuwaab rahim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een bi rahmatika ya alhamal rahimeen. Amen.